Welcome to the Red Conrad Show, the story of my life and world events how I see them. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. Let's get this going. everybody this first episode and possibly the next is basically gonna be just to provide some background information on me get some insight into how I think how I view things um originally I was gonna put this entire podcast behind the paywall so high that you know I would feel nobody would listen to it so it would be more like a personal audio journal for myself but I decided since I'm already more or less an open book to my friends uh, on my social media and I did start a blog series a few years ago going into mental health issues and stuff, you know, trying to feel more comfortable talking about my issues, figuring, well, if there's anybody out there that has issues similar to mine, um, maybe hearing my stories, what I'm doing to deal with it, how I'm going through life would one not only tell that person they're not alone that there are you know people out here that suffer with with different conditions i have a cocktail of of, you know conditions and maybe if however they're dealing with it however they're coping with theirs isn't really working that great maybe you know something that i say gives them another possible coping mechanism that they can try to do um, so I figured that I will have so much content available for free and then I'll have other content where I'm going to be, you know, a little bit less watching myself as far as my use of cursive language <clears throat> and certain triggering topics, uh, like, you know, suicide, stuff like that. We will be behind subscription only, you know, the, the paywall. And more, I guess, clean topics, less triggering topics, will be on the free side. And, uh, I mean, I'm still primarily doing the podcast for me. You know, I, I, even the blog is really for me. If it helps somebody in the process, great. If this podcast winds up providing even, you know, a partial income for me in the long run as it gets going... Great. <clears throat> um, if it helps somebody else out, great. But it's still primarily for me, just so that I can get certain things off my chest. Uh, go back to my blog, you know, maybe years after I've written something down, or back to this podcast, a couple years maybe after I've recorded something, and just listen to different events. You know how I've seen it now. As opposed to how I might see it, you know, a couple years on the road. So, whereas if it helps some, if it benefits somebody else, great. That, that that's awesome. It's just kind of like therapy from from for me too. Like I'm, it's another way I'm trying to cope with my stuff, get through my stuff. Uh, anyways, that being said.
it wasn't until I was about 25 that I was officially diagnosed with um, dystemia, which is like a really severe, serious depression. Um, but if, when you fall into a dystemic depressive episode, those episodes can last for like a minimum of six months. All right, so you know we're talking like real serious level of depression here. I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, actually, I think I was a little bit younger than that when I was diagnosed with bipolar, but that shrink confirmed the bipolar. Um, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which I don't agree with the name because to me, it's not really a personality disorder. I mean, not in the same sense that other personality disorders are. It's more like a, um, to me, it's more like a, a depression, a depressive disorder, a severe one. But to me, it's more like a depressive, a depressive disorder. I've had some people tell me that uh, BPD is a dangerous disorder. People with BPD are dangerous. I don't view myself as dangerous. I mean, if you ask any of my friends I've ever had throughout my whole life, they'll all tell you I am probably one of the, lo the most loyal people you can have in your life. And at the same time, yeah, when I get angry and I get upset, and you're on my bad side. What I'm capable of does scare me. Um, I've had a friend in the past, back in before I, uh, way back. Um, I think I was only 20, 21 when this incident happened. Now, me and this guy grew up together. We were friends. We were real good friends. He was like one of my best friends in a circle, you know. Um. And we, he did something that I'll, I'll get into later that really betrayed me, betrayed my trust, betrayed my friendship. And because of how good of a friend he was with me, he's seen literally every side of me. Right? I mean, we were together almost every day. Me, him, his girl, <coughs> his girlfriend, uh, a few other friends. Um, it was the same, you know, a few of us every single day. So when he did this, which I found out from my then girlfriend, which I wasn't happy about, you can probably now figure out what it, what it was. <clears throat> when we got to the meeting spot, I think I got there first. Uh, he arrives, sees me, and he just starts freaking running. <clears throat> I chased after him. I was going to kick his ass. I really was. I was going to beat the shit out of him. But, you know, after a little while of, of chasing each other around, <coughs> I, I just gave up. I, I was done. <coughs> Fuck it. And that, that pretty much was that with him. And even though over the years I've changed, um, other, you know, friends have all changed. I mean, people as they get older, they change. They go through things. They go through from job to job. You know, some people go go from high school to, to college. Others go join the military. Some go to trade school. Some just go right into work. Whether they have family owned business or they're starting their own business or whatever. And these different routes people take, it changes you. Well, so I think the last time I saw him was a good, like, 
I don't know, uh, six, seven? No. Probably closer to like nine years later. I bumped into him again. And he's, we were at the supermarket. <clears throat> I think his girlfriend saw me first, points me out to him, and he acted like I wasn't even there. He literally, you know, bolted down another aisle, ignored me calling out to him. So whatever, I mean, he didn't even want to talk to me. All he had in his mind was how I was nine years prior to that, and how I was growing up. And that situation that we were in, that he put himself in, really, just stuck. Because back then, you know, I, I didn't have myself, you know, under as much control as I do now. Over the years, I've had to learn how to control it. I mean, you have almost like a license to do stupid shit when you're young. When <clears throat> you start getting older, a lot of that stupid shit you do can get you in some serious trouble. See, I had, I had to, you know, figure out, you know, how, how to control myself. And I did. Basically, I worked a lot. Two full-time jobs and part-time job. At one point, I had three full-time jobs. I that's how I coped at the time. And you know, I'm I'm still reading up on my on my psychology stuff, trying to understand myself. Right, because I didn't yet go to the shrink. Um, but back in my on the psychology things, I don't think I mentioned that. For as long as I can remember, I felt different. Like, I don't know how to explain that, like... <laughs> Alright, you know how people say, well, kids are kids, blah, 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 blah. You know, they, they go to... They, you raise them however you raise them, right? And then they go off to preschool, kindergarten, first grade, <clears throat> getting around other kids. <clears throat> they're forming their personalities. <clears throat> they're trying to make friends. <clears throat> Some kids, whether they were born with genetic mental issues or physical issues, or they were just raised really weird because their parents are just weird. <clears throat> They're gonna be different, you know, than, than the average normal person. That's, you know. So I, anyways, I felt different. Like I'm watching everybody else, kids, adults didn't matter. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the world, and I just felt different. I didn't feel like I, I belonged. Now the fact that a kid. A freaking kid is thinking like this. That right there should, should tell anybody, tell everybody something's wrong with this kid. Like, no kids have to be stressing whether or not they freaking goddamn fit into normal society. Fitting in with a certain clique of friends at school that they that they perceive as the cool kids. That kind of shit is normal. But when it comes to the world in general, they don't fit into the world. A kid shouldn't, shouldn't be thinking along those lines, right? But I did. Um, somewhere around middle school, I started uh, researching psychology. I started, you know, punching in how my mind works, how I how I think. Uh, just looking for different things. We I read a lot of books when um, the the internet came out. <clears throat> I was, you know, I have. A lot of I, I have six brothers and sisters that I live with, and so we have, and we have to borrow one computer. So when it was my my computer time, I didn't really do my homework. 
for school. I was looking stuff up. Um, I, I wanted to understand why my mind was the way it was. Why I felt so different. I mean, the friends I had made me feel like I fit in with them, but <clears throat> as we progressed through school, like from, from uh, kindergarten to elementary, elementary to middle school, we, we kind of shifted into the outcast. I mean, I still had people that I associated with that wound up becoming the cool kids, that wound up becoming the jocks. But me personally and, and my inner circle, we wound up, by the time we got into like middle school, high school area, we wound up becoming more or less the outcasts. <clears throat> um, but you know, it, it is what it is. At the time, it bothered me a little bit. Um, I, I, I did some questionable shit. Uh, I'll get into that in a future episode. But, um, so as I'm studying all this stuff, trying to figure out what's wrong with me, I concluded that I had <clears throat> some form of an anxiety disorder. And I was thinking that maybe I might have a little bit of OCD because of the way things had to be done. Now, to get some background on that, if anybody from my family listens to this, there's going to be things that I'm sure they're going to be upset about. One person in my family in particular, but I'm not mentioning any names. If you're listening to this, <clears throat> nobody knows who you are. Yeah, they can technically Google me and then, you know, by process of elimination, track down everybody else, but... Most of the family don't, doesn't even associate with me on social media. So, I mean, I've got, what, two of my sisters, three of my sisters on my Facebook. <clears throat> but, and even so, you people, talk, talk to my family still, you people need to understand too, that the way... I saw things growing up. You might have seen things differently. I mean, everybody, it is possible to grow up in the same house, <clears throat> whether you're a sibling, you're one of the parents, and <clears throat> every one of you are going to see things differently. Granted, from talking to my brothers and sisters, mainly my one, my two, my brothers, <clears throat> we see a lot of the things the same way. Just I see it a lot worse than they do because I'm the oldest. I went through it the longest. And I saw a lot of things that they didn't. <clears throat> so I see things, see a lot of things worse than they do. They're, they're, they're younger than me. Uh, and if people do find out who you are, well, here again, that we're talking events that happened almost 40 years ago now, right? I mean, I'm, I'm pushing, I'll be, I'm 38, I'll put it that way, okay? I'm 38 years old. So, this is all events that, that took place from 38 to like uh, 20 years ago, okay? <clears throat> so, if you're really that concerned about how strangers are going to view you, or even if your friends want to want up hearing about my podcast, listen to this stuff. 
Well, can you tell your friend and they're gonna freaking question you based on what I gotta say? Are they really your friend? All they're doing is seeing a different side of you. That one of you in particular, I'm not gonna say which one of you, <coughs> tried hard to not let anybody see about you, probably because you have guilt issues because you knew what you were doing was wrong. But considering I know you went through counseling, you addressed the past with me, at least. Maybe you can, you know, come to terms with the fact that sometimes talking about it does help. So, so if somebody does track you down, or one of your friends does listen to this podcast, and does confront you about how you were in the past, <clears throat> well then just talk about it. Talk about it with them, same way you spoke about it with me. It was over 20 some odd years ago, 20 plus years ago. People change. Um, but anyways, people in my house, we grew up, I mean, we lived in a, uh, <clears throat> like I, I considered to be at the time, a middle class house, middle class uh, area of the town. Low, uh, probably lower middle class. But I wouldn't say my family was middle class. I'd, I'd, I'd consider us more to be poor on the poor side, especially considering there was times we had, you know, we couldn't afford food. Literally, we couldn't afford it. Like, my dad's friends came over with food for us and <clears throat> got to a point where we had, like, a stockpile of donated turkeys in our basement freezer. <clears throat> Because of all the stuff we were going through, like we li- we literally, you know, stockpiled food. Because like, there there were times where we couldn't afford nothing. You know, my my dad would would be working two three jobs sometimes just to to you know make ends meet. <clears throat> I don't know if I want to say that's because it just you know his job sucked, or because uh well the main job, <clears throat> or because of how many times he went on strike. I mean, I was a kid, so it there was probably a, lo- a larger amount of space between each strike than I than I remember remember it because I was a, I was a kid, you know. You kid, I, I was focused on the bad stuff, <clears throat> so it felt like we were like constantly on strike. But when he was working, when the when the strikes were off, right, he was actually working in between strikes. <clears throat> he'd be gone all day, and. You know, most of the house was pretty much eggshells. Everything had to be a certain way. Uh, everything had to, be, had to be done a certain way, done by a certain time. It, now, I know this might, to most people might sound normal. Well, yeah, you, you, you want your house, there's rules you gotta follow, blah, 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 blah. This, this was like that, but on steroids, okay? Like, when I tell you, you literally couldn't do anything wrong. Alright, let me put it to you this way. <clears throat> I helped my my dad out, right? <clears throat> with, with chores around the house when I was a kid. Most of us did. At, you know, when we were young. <clears throat> when the yard chores had to get done, we all had we all had to pitch in. Whether it was raking leaves, you know, shoveling the snow, you know, uh, trimming the hedges, whatever. <clears throat> uh, as I got older, I was able to, to work the... the equipment, right? I tried to trim the hedges myself. I don't remember where my dad was. I don't know if he was at work or if he went to the store or what. But I tried trimming the hedges myself. I had my, I had my one brother with me. He was helping me out. 
I cut it exactly the way it was. It was. It always was. The way my dad always cut it. Right. We're raking the stuff up at this point now, and the heads were flat. We're raking the stuff up, cleaning it up. He comes home. She's that we're trimming the hedges. He got all upset that we're not trimming the hedges. That we're trimming the hedges without him. He's inspecting them, yelling at me because my perfect hedges weren't perfect. So he's plugged the the trimmers back in and starts going along it. He gets to the, to the point because I mean you can't straighten something out that's already straight. So I got to the point where now sticks are showing. All the leaves are now clear cut off. As, as, you know, he, he's, con- and I'm yelled at because, well, it ain't good enough. I, f- I fucked it up because now it's just sticks. We gotta now wait for the leaves to grow back. Uh, <clears throat> raking leaves couldn't be done correctly or fast enough. I mean, how many different ways can there be to break a pile of leaves, put leaves into a pile <clears throat> in the yard somewhere, and then, you know, fill up trash bags with the leaves, tie them up, and put them on the side of the road. How many different ways could there possibly be to do that? But, apparently, there's one right way and a gazillion wrong ways. Even though every single way, the leaves are getting raked up, they're going into the bag, bag is getting tied. But I, I couldn't do it right. Doing it, you know, same exact way my parents were. I couldn't do it right. Nothing I did was good enough. I go to school by third grade. Okay, by third, by the by the third grade, I decide I, I decided basically to say fuck school. I literally gave up on school in the third grade. I stopped caring in the third grade because. I'd, I'd go to school, get a test, come home with that test. If it was anything, anything less than an A, I got yelled at. I'm told I'm not going to succeed at nothing in life. I'm told I'm nothing but a failure. I'm told that I was a mistake. Okay, so now picture, you know, hearing this stuff practically every damn day. No matter what you did, no matter how good you did, to the point where in the third grade, you're already deciding, fuck this shit, I don't care. I'm giving up. That was it. That, I mean, that, how bad does it gotta be for a third grader to say that about school? But I did. <clears throat> I just didn't care no more. I mean, if, if I can work my ass off, do all my homework, study, and if it's not not an A, it ain't good enough. Then, then why am I why am I bothering? Now, had I known that making that decision would drastically screw up my life in the future, but you know I was a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I all I knew was what I was going through at that moment, and. I figured, well, if it's not good enough, why bother? No matter how hard I try, no matter how good I do, it ain't good enough, so why try? All right, and I idolized my dad. I looked up to him. I wanted 
Here's attention. The problem is, I got the opposite attention of the attention that I wanted. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. We get into middle school. I start researching, you know, psychology and stuff. By the time I, I got to 25, I went to a strength. I was diagnosed with dystemia, bipolar, um, general anxiety disorder, PTSD, did I say borderline? I don't remember, uh, dystemia, bipolar, general anxiety disorder, borderline personality disorder, so I have some pretty, you know, serious depressive disorders, and, and you know, anxiety mixed in that, and each of them, you know, kind of trigger each other. Um, the bipolar, I believe, uh, is genetic. My aunt's got bipolar and whatnot. Uh, so when the shrink told me, when he actually diagnosed me with what I got and explained the conditions to me, he more or less suggested mainly because of the BPD. He wanted to put me on, on disability. He wanted to put me in counseling. So I told him that I don't want to hear that I can't work. He tells me um, that, well, with BPD, I might be able to, you know, go back into the normal work life, normal, you know, job situation after at least a minimum, a minimum of 10 years of counseling. I do not want to hear that shit. I mean, I worked my whole life. I, I did side jobs when I was a kid. Made a few bucks here and there. On my 16th birthday, I went out and I got a quote-unquote real job. Um, when I got out of school, I, I always had two, three jobs. Uh, when I was working at 7-Eleven, right, I, uh, I had this guy walk in and recruit me into his business. He ran a giant toilet company, but you know, it didn't matter to me. I liked the business. I liked what I did. He offers me a job. I mean, he was calling me up because I was also doing network marketing, right? So I had my, my, my network marketing cards down. It was for prepaid legal at the time. I think they changed names to Legal Shield now, but at the time it was prepaid legal. And he, and he, he put on my card. I mean, he came in almost every, every night, right? Puts up one of my cards. Uh, gives me a call and we're talking about all the different legal plans I have legal plans for personal legal plans for business and he liked so much how I spoke about this stuff and because he was calling me at my job he knew I'm not sitting on a computer looking this stuff up reading from a script this was all burned into my memory like I I had a desire to better myself <clears throat> I learned this business inside and out and uh, every possible an uh, question you can throw at me, I had an answer for. No hesitation. So then he offers me uh, a job. He tells me that he wants to bring me into the business. Um, he's going to train me for six months. And if I like it, I'd become the VPO and I'd have 10% of the company. 
Well, at that time, I was only 22 years old. Well, what 22-year-old would turn down an offer like that? Like, you're literally going to show me the ropes to your business. And after six months, if I like it, you're going to give me 10% and I'm going to be a freaking executive? Okay. So I took it. Now, where that goes is, you know, topic for another story. Because that, that, that business situation is a whole story in of itself. But, point is, 22 years old, I basically entered into my, into my first business. First of many. That was the first and only partnership. Every business that followed after that, I've pretty much ran myself. Started myself, ran myself. But I, I loved it. Um... So it wasn't until after this business crashed because of what this guy was doing or what he was using the business for and eventually got caught. And with what happened while I was there and people that I met through him, even though I should have taken over the business, changed the name, rebranded it, I mean... A month before the crash, I had just landed a $70,000 per month corporate contract. So it's not like I didn't have money. I, I mean, I had clients. I had money coming in. I could. All I need to do is rebrand, rename it. Tell everybody we're under new management now. Pick up new clients under the new name. But at that time, with what happened and people I met through him, I was more scared of him than I was in the desire to keep that business going and try to salvage any clients under under a new name. But more on that in another episode. That story alone is probably going to be at least two episodes. But it wasn't until after that that I went to the shrink. That was, that was happened when I was 22. I got into that business. 25 is when I went to the shrink. I only really went to the shrink because... Well... This woman that wound up becoming, you know, basically my wife... Made a suggestion to me. So, I did. Well, she did. I think my somebody in my family might have... Back then, also, I don't remember. Um, but but, anyways, I had a couple people, you know, telling me about going to counseling because things were things were bad. I was in a bad spot mentally. My life was taking a turn for the worst. So I went, and uh, you know, I get this this particular strength credit because it was only supposed to be an hour long session. I was the last session of his day, and. We wound up in there in his office for three hours. A one-hour session, last of the day, turned into a three-hour session. And I and now I have been in strength offices before. In high school, I, I was basically um, ex- expelled or suspended on the terms of I can't go back until I until I get a strength notice to clear me. So my mom had to take me to a shrink a couple times when I was in high school. 
So this was my first rodeo going to the principal office. Um, I, 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 I know how to talk to his friends to get them to believe what I want them to believe. But this guy, I don't know how he did it. He is really good at his job. He managed to, to get past my bullshit and get inside my head and, and pull this stuff out of me. And it did get emotional. I actually broke down in tears in his, in his office in front of a stranger. I'm, I'm, I'm crying. Like it was, it was horrible. Uh, and at the end of that, he was when he gave me the diagnosis of my conditions, um, recommended me go on disability, 10 years counseling, and then maybe I can go back to work. I didn't want to hear that. So I left and never went back. I was supposed to go back the following week and he was going to put me on some medication. Um, I never went back. I eventually got, I think it was like three, four weeks later, I got a letter in the mail. Um, apparently he had already initiated the disability process for me. I had to look through the paperwork. Um, I, I think I needed to put my signature on there, send it back to them, verify that, you know, I was applying and, you know, this, this is my strength. I'm going to be in counseling, blah, 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 blah. I didn't do any of that. I, I when I re- when I saw that, like, I give the guy credit. He was only trying to do his job. He was only trying to help me. But like I said, I didn't want to be told I can't go to work. No. So I ignored that. Threw that in the trash. Never went, never went back to counseling. I got one of my old jobs back. Um, was there for a year. Before me and Joanne came down to Florida. Down here is where I opened up another cleaning business. Um, I had a fish market temporarily until regulations changed and I got regulated out of business. Uh, And I currently own and operate for the past four years now. I think we just hit the four year mark. Um, A personal concierge service. And I love it. I mean, it's profit margin is thin. It's a tough industry, but I like the work. I like the business. Um, I have been in counseling down here on off medication since my since my official diagnosis back in New York. I've been on off medication. Um, that's actually what got me initially involved in health and wellness aspect of network marketing because I didn't like meds like the meds I was getting down here we went through me and the shrink I was seeing went through a couple different mixtures of medications trying to find a combination that worked right and then it got to a point where I just didn't like how the medications were making me feel I couldn't afford to keep on going to going into counseling and the um I forget what his title was, but he wasn't the doctor that was giving me the medication. He was somebody else. Uh, he like he wasn't at the level yet where he can do the medication thing. Um, I forget what the hell you call that. But that guy, I didn't like. I mean, he he was weird. So I wanted to find another other ways to help myself without putting man-made chemicals in my body to do it. And I I started researching all these different health and wellness products. That are supposed to help with anxiety, depression, and all that other stuff. Um, I found a lot of low quality garbage. 
expensive low quality garbage that you can pick up in any convenience store or supermarket. And then I came across some really high quality non-GMO organic stuff that I tried. Tried a few different brands out before I found a brand that worked. I uh, started promoting them for a while while I was using their products. But they were way overpriced for, for their products. I found another company that had very similar products but a little bit more affordable. So I switched brands and then I started pushing that as well. Um, actually, I got to update my blog post that I did about that because I think my blog post is still pushing the older, the more expensive products. I got updated to the newer ones, the cheaper ones, but it's still high quality. So non Gmail organic. And, and in my personal opinion, the products I'm taking now work way better for depression and anxiety than the other company I was taking. But anyways, so no, I'm not counseling anymore. I, I'm, t- I'm using, you know, natural herbal remedies as, as my medication. Um, I, I've just always felt different, right? I didn't fit in anywhere. I felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. Um, I, I was the, the quiet shy guy in the back of the room. It is just, I'm losing my train of thought here, bear with me. So, basically, I had a life of hearing, I'm not good enough, I'm not going to succeed at anything in life. <clears throat> Nothing but a mistake coming from my family, right? <clears throat> and then at school, I got, you know, these idiots that, that wanted to use me as a punching bag, basically. So I'm really getting hit from all the Russians. As a kid, right into my adult life, like, I'm beating my, well, my adult life, I'm beating myself up. Right? Like, I don't need the bullies from school no more because now that I'm not in school anymore, I'm my own bully. Like, I was looking at jobs I was working and he ain't good enough. And for that matter, even my dad at the the time was saying to me about my my one job because it was a dead end job. I mean, 7 Eleven, the one 7 Eleven I worked at, I liked being there, I liked my boss. The problem was, it wasn't corporate, it was a franchise store. And the owner only owned three three Seven Elevens, so there really wasn't much room to move up the ladder, and there really wasn't much room for raises either. So after I worked there for for so long and got so many raises, like eventually I'd be capped. Like that's the most of my money I'm gonna gonna be making. But I like my job. Um, when I was at Target, I loved working there, but. I felt betrayed by the company because I was there for two years, two and a half years, and now I'm busting ass. I got, I always got all my work done before everybody else, helped everybody else finish their work. This other guy was that was only there for three months, literally three months. That's it, brand new. He was the guy that wound up getting picked for the promotion for backroom manager. Which pissed me off. I wanted that spot. I was there longer than that, than that, that jackass. <clears throat> and at the time, I mean, considering what minimum wage was, and the fact I was working overnight, the night differential and everything, I was—I felt at the, at the time, 
I was making damn good money doing what I was doing. Because I was only on the floor, overnight job, stocking. But I thought I was making damn good money. So I wanted to keep keep on moving up the ladder. I wanted to make it make that my career. And when that guy, when they chose him over me, that pissed me off. So that was the end of that. And I believe I mentioned, um, I re I re-recorded this a few times, so I don't remember if I said it in this episode or not. But I believe I mentioned that, uh, you know, I could be the most loyal person somebody has. On a, but if I'm but if I'm on the bad side and I get angry, I'm scared of myself. And I think I told you the story about me and my one friend back when I was younger, right? Well, the, the reason for that is to give you an example. All right, with this business I had back in New York, when I was the one I was recruited into. At the end, the owner was at this point he was arrested. He's in jail already. Uh, I'm in the office. Then I got upset, like really, really, really freaking upset. Uh, and I picked up my office chair and chucked it, and that shit went clear across the room, hit the, the door, got stuck in one of those what do you call those? The wood panels that come down from the from the top down to the middle of the door. Like it wasn't like a glass window; it was those wooden pole things. It got. St- Stuck the wheel on the bottom of the chair, got stuck between one of those, and the chair kind of, from the, me- the momentum, flung across to the other side of the room, hit the wall, bounced clear across the other side of the room, hit that wall, and then landed in the middle of the floor. So my chair literally formed the shape of a cross in the office. And when you figure from where I was standing at the computer to that door, that was a good. Uh, 20, 25 feet maybe. So, for that chair to bounce, and we're talking an actual office shot. This wasn't no like regular old, you know, kitchen chair or or, one of these cheap chairs. This was an actual office chair that had some weight to it. And I'm not that bulky. So, So, the fact that this chair got flung with that kind of force that it formed the shape of a cross in the office. Not just you know it goes to how angry I was, and and how much power I have when I'm angry. Um, and to give a better example, you know it's a stupid one. You're probably gonna laugh, but the way my mind works, like I, I can't not have that makes any sense, right? So one night, well, a light bulb goes out, right? In the middle of the night, nothing's open. I live in a rural area. Light bulb goes out. I got pissed. We had no extra light bulbs. So I literally just snapped. And I busted the light bulb, taking it out of the of the uh, light fixture. And I think I wound up throwing my one of my shoes across the across the room. Cause when I realized what time it was, everything's freaking closed. I don't live in a city where you got 24 hour freaking Walmarts and stuff. I can go get a light bulb. Now I'm stuck in the dark. We're stuck in the dark. And until morning. Stupid little shit like that. Like, I'm not 
I wish, as funny as that sounds, as ridiculous as that sounds, yes, I did learn over the years to control that. Like, I am better now than I was then. Um, between being in and out of counseling, talking about things, uh, forcing myself to become more open with my friends, um, then forcing myself to really feel comfortable starting that blog I, I mentioned earlier. And getting all the way up to now this podcast. I've um, learned a lot of different coping skills and how to, you know, control different things. But the point of me telling you that was basically to give you an, an idea of, like, how bad I can get. Like, if I lose, if I lose control, how bad I can get. How ridiculous I can get. And all this stems, basically, from growing up, which, as the strength back in New York, when I was diagnosed, explained to me, uh, the reason why I am the way I am, right, is because I wasn't in a loving environment. I wasn't shown love the way most children are. Uh, Like, for example, most kids, like you when you were a kid, you, when you fell off your bike, you got hurt, or you went flying off the swing, flew freaking 50 feet across the park, and, and busted your freaking goddamn skull wide open, your parents probably freaking first tried calming you down, hiding the fact that they're in a panic to keep you calm, and they took care of you, right? Not me. I got hurt and I, I was called all kinds of all kinds of names. There wasn't, and then you're doing something for your for the first time by yourself, right? Now you've done it with somebody older than you, whether it be your parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, whatever, for a while. Now you're doing it by yourself. You screw up and make a mistake. They'd probably be a little upset depending on what it was that you that you were doing. But they come over, explain to you what you did wrong, show you how to fix it, or maybe walk you through how to do it the right way. Right? That's the way it should be done. Not me. I, I, If I mess something up, do it for the first time by myself. The first time by myself. Even if it was years doing it with somebody. But now I'm doing it by myself for the first time. And I fucked it up somehow. Even with only a little fuck up. I was called all kinds of names. What are you, a fucking idiot? Etc. and so forth. There, there was no positive reinforcement. There was there was no actual coaching. Like, you either did it right the first time, or you were in trouble. So, apparently, because of that, like, I, that, my, mind couldn't develop you know different coping mechanisms the way normal kids can the way kids that are raised proper can because like if you if you raise a kid right where he messes up instead of getting angry right away can you you know walk him through how to do it the right way right uh the kid gets hurt instead of yelling at him because he freaking did something stupid and got hurt you can keep yourself calm can keep your kid calm you, you fix him up more or less try to get him to understand he's okay. He's okay. Everything's fine. You know? 
kids that are raised like that, they're shown how to respond to different. Diff, they're shown to respond differently to, to, to different types of situations. Like whereas me growing up, what I was shown was the response to everything is anger. Right? There is no calm. Everything. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You're angry. You do good on a test, but it wasn't the best. You're angry. You're not proud of yourself because you at least did good. You're angry. Uh, you're doing some work yourself on your home, right? But it didn't. It came out pretty damn good. Like unless you're a trained contractor, you wouldn't be able to tell where the mistake is. But because you did it, you know where the mistake is. So even though nobody else was yet, no, even though uh, unless they're a contractor, they wouldn't see the error. But because you can, you're angry. You're not gonna congratulate yourself on, you know, well, you did it yourself, no training. You just did it. You put a guy in your head. You got supplies. You did it. You saved yourself a lot of money hiring somebody else. No, you're angry because it's not perfect. That that's basically you know how I was raised to see everything, and it's taken me a lot of years to you know learn how to control myself, how to how to handle different situations differently. And to this day, there are certain ways things are worded that will that will piss me off. Like somebody could say something innocently, like. And I will take it completely the opposite of how they mean it, depending on the word choice they use. Because if they use words, the, the uh, wording or phrasing that I heard growing up, it, it, it doesn't matter how innocent that person meant it. I'm not going to see the innocence in how they meant it until after the fact. In my head... I'm now, because of the phrase they use, I'm now reliving an event from my past. And I'm going to respond likewise. And it's not going to be until I calm down that I realize what just happened. Um, Man, we're almost at an hour. I didn't realize I was talking that long. Alright. Hopefully I didn't repeat myself about anything. Cause I've had a tendency of doing that in the past. But general, uh, you should have a general idea now of you know the kind of stuff that's going to be in this podcast. Like you're you're gonna, have, you're gonna be listening to somebody who had a very messed up past, home life, school life, work life, extremely screwed up. Um, there's going to be a lot of stories that are going to sound so ridiculous you're probably going to laugh at it. And there's going to be other stories that are true, they are fact. If I can get um, people that were involved in these situations to come on my podcast, talk about it, can you hear from them that these that these certain things actually did happen? But because of uh, what's involved in these stories, it does it does sound far like the average person. What happened to me? Does, certain things doesn't happen to the average person. But after we're talking about is true. Everything I'm going to be saying did happen, did actually happen. Um, I'm, considering I mentioned my light bulb incident, you, you already see that 
<clears throat> you know, my stories are going to go from, I'm not holding back. I'm not worried about how people, how, if you're going to, if you're going to laugh at me, can laugh. Right? If you come to my podcast, can just laugh at me, well, you're listening to the podcast, right? Uh, if you have mental issues, <clears throat> then, then maybe you can relate to my life open incident. Or maybe you can relate to another story I was, I'm, I'm talking about in a future episode. So if my ridiculous stories, ridiculous situations can, you know, help you, maybe you're going through the same situations that I did, or you reacted to things similar to how I, how I used to react to things, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, hearing somebody else going through it, or that went through it, <clears throat> will help you feel like, feel like you're not alone, because you're not. And, I, and here again, well, you're listening to the podcast. And really, that's all I want. I mean, whether you view this podcast as just a form of entertainment, a uh, uh, sick sense of comedy or whatever, you know, it is what it is. I'm not intending for it to be funny per se. I'm not intending for it to be serious per se. Get out of it what you will. This is my life. What happened to me. Um, why I do things the way I do things, why I see things the way I see things. And, you know, um, that other story about that one business I mentioned that I got into when I was 22, I'll go over how that started. Um, but the more what I'm going to put as the juicier content of that story is probably going to be subscriber only so I'm probably going to be cursing a lot a lot in that episode and there's certain aspects of that story that some people would consider triggers <clears throat> so I'm going to put that behind the paywall because even though I do have this podcast marked as explicit I do have warnings everywhere that this is not for minors Listener discretion advised, not suitable for minors. <clears throat> stated on my website for the show, stated on the podcast description, stated in the uh, podcast logo. <clears throat> I like to think that if I put the more you know triggering stuff behind the paywall, <clears throat> that's at least one extra step that I can take to make sure that minors aren't going to be listening to things that they really shouldn't be listening to. Um. This first episode is probably very, very boring, but if you made it through this long, I thank you for listening, and I hope I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Con Red Show. Please don't forget to subscribe. I will see you in the next episode.